friends, we are back with you again on Tuesday. We are actually back with you live. We've been running a series of rewind episodes, but we're happy to be back with you fresh on uh, this Tuesday. If you're brand new to us, this is Doable Discipleship, uh, which is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, your friendship with God, um, or as we tenderly call it. The show that helps you grow. That's right. My name is Jason Wheeland. And I'm Brandon Robinson. Yeah, Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's all in- things considered. All things considered. It's definitely uh, been an interesting uh, season, uh, interesting times that we're in. Um, so, uh, you know, we are recording this uh, a few days early. So as of right now, like pretty much everything's shut down. Yeah. Everything's in lockdown. Things are moving quickly. Things change rapidly. And, um, you know, so, but what we really had decided is we wanted to be with you during this time. We wanted to make sure that we had new episodes coming out. Yeah. Not, not rewinds, whatever. We wanted to um, come and be with you here during this time. So, so what we want to do is for the next few weeks, um, for however long this is going on, we kind of want to be talking through um, these spiritual antidotes, basically spiritual antidotes to help deal with fear, to help deal with stress, to help deal with feelings of isolation, to help deal with just, you know, just this unease that has been going on because of this coronavirus and just everything that kind of comes with that. So these are spiritual antidotes for, you know, all these different types of seasons it can help you in all these different types of si- uh, of situations mm-hmm. but for right now we just found these to be super helpful incredibly helpful and so we want to be talking that that in times of stress in times of fear in times of crisis these are the things that we can go to um, to help to keep our eyes fixed appropriately on God yeah. Does that sound about right? Does that sound like a good description? Yeah, that's that's a great description. It's it's a um, clearer or simpler. You did it. Great. Yeah. Uh, happy to hear that. So um, so the first one that we wanted to talk about today is is hope. Honestly, hope is kind of the foundational mm-hmm. antidote because it is the essence of the Christian faith. Is this hope that we have um, in God and who God is. In, in his plan, in his purpose, in the truth of Scripture. It's all this great stuff. So today, we're going to be talking about the spiritual antidote of hope. Yeah. So with, with hope, right, it, I think it's important to not view hope as just wishful thinking. Um, but I like to use a term called hopeful realism. So what that means is, on one hand, we can accept all of the emotions that come with the current situation that we're in. We can, in one hand, grab onto the fear that comes, the anxiety that comes of what's going to happen with my job, what's going to happen with my loved ones. All of those things are very real emotions that, that pull up inside of us in times like these. And we can be realistic. We don't have to close our eyes or, or turn a blind, uh, blind eye or, or plug our ears to things like this. We can grab onto it and say, yeah, this is reality. This is true. I can accept this. But on the other hand, being able to grab onto hope, being able to grab onto God, being being able to grab onto God's promises that are unchanging, and God's nature that's unchanging, and who God is. So we can, in on one hand, be realistic about what's going on, and in the other hand, also be hopeful that God is God, that God's in control. So it's kind of like a, um, you know, we can be caught unaware 
we can be overwhelmed, but it's taking, uh, it's resting and taking hope in the fact that God is not caught unaware and that God's not overwhelmed. I think, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. I also think it's recognizing that not everything is good. Mm-hmm. Bad yeah. things happen. Yes. You know, viruses are, are not good, but it doesn't mean that God isn't good in what's going on and through what's going on. It doesn't mean that good will not come from what's going on or cannot come from what's going on. Yeah. It doesn't mean that things, it, it doesn't mean that everything is good. And, and that's, and, and that's a hopeful realism. Right. It's recognizing, okay, bad things are happening, but we are not going to be in despair and despondent about it because we know that God is good. Yes. Um, so that's a little teaser because we're going to talk about that more in this episode. <laughs> but but I think that's what you're getting at with hopeful realism. I love that term. Yeah. I, I love that phrase. Um, so I, I think I think a question about this is like, why should we be hopeful? Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, because hope needs to be one of, if not the first way that Christians respond to the bad things that are going on. Right, so this virus, this coronavirus, is 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 really messing up the world right now. Like you see it in the news, we don't need to talk about it all the time. You know, that's it's not the shutting point. everything. That's down. not the point of this podcast. But you can see how things are changing, how things are being affected, and it's really put everybody just kind of on their heels a little bit, right? And so, when you just look at the state of the world, it may be hard to see hope, you know, because you just hear about oh, th- things may be getting worse or whatever it is. And you just see people are panicking or fear, and it just doesn't look like there is hope. It doesn't look like there's hopeful. So it's our job as, as Christians to be those beacons of hope. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what we're going to be kind of talking a little bit about today. What is the nature of the hope that we have? And what does it mean that we are called to be lights of hope? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. You know, I was thinking even last night as I was laying in bed and I started to feel some of the anxiety, anxiety creep up inside of me. I was thinking about just my family and um, I was thinking about my cousin in particular. I'm like, man, what's going to happen to him and his job? Um, what does that mean? What, what's he going to do? And then I start thinking about my grandparents and I'm like, hopefully they're staying safe. Hopefully they're, you know, staying inside. God forbid I would hate for anything to happen to them. Um, but I think yeah, that's a great point that we are carriers of hope. We are beacons of hope. But as we get into it, let's, let's, let's talk through and let's define what we mean when we say hope. I said in the beginning, hope is not just a, a wishful thinking. So there's two types of hope. There's a cultural hope and there's a Christian hope. And I would venture to say that we're probably more familiar with the cultural hope. So a cultural hope is, says this. It's, a, it's, an, um, it's an optimistic desire that something will be fulfilled. So it's feeling optimistic, feeling good, it's a, but it's a desire. It's I'm hoping, I'm wishing uh, that something is fulfilled. So this is a hope that's, it's not a guaranteed hope. Uh, it's a wishing hope, and it's, it's subject to changeable people. It's subject to changeable circumstances, and I think that's the situation we're in now where um, everything feels like it's in flux. You know, we're getting uh, more news comes out daily with these uh, briefings from the White House with, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, all types of information flying this way, that way. Um, I'm seeing, you know, I saw something. It's one guy was like, you know, we could be quarantined for 18 months. 
other people are like, no, we'll be back to normal life in June. So there's so much that's... But there's some people who are just living their normal lives right now. There are certain people <laughs> in a state that I will not name that are, uh, they're having a great time in doing, it uh, seems like whatever they please right now. Uh, so yeah, this cultural hope, it's, a, it's rooted in desire. It's rooted in wishing something will be fulfilled and it's bound to changeable circumstances. It's bound to changeable people. It's, uh, it's bound to the wind, basically. Wherever it goes, it's, it might happen. But that's not the hope we're talking about. We're talking about a Christian hope. Yes. Um, so a Christian hope starts the same way. It's an optimistic, but the similarities pretty much end there. It's an optimistic <laughs> assurance that something w- will be f- right. fulfilled. It's not a desire. It's not kind of a want. It's an assurance. And that assurance comes because we are guaranteed hope because of who it is anchored in, because it is anchored in a God who is unchanging and who is in complete control. So for a cultural hope, that's putting your hope in that something will happen or that somebody will do this or be like this, but that's put into situations that are ever-changing. It's put into situations of people of people who are sinful because we're all sinful. It's put into situations that are beyond your control or to things that are just kind of of this world. But a Christian hope is put into a God who has said, this is who I am. He is never changing. Is uh, We can look to the God of the Bible, the God of Scripture, mm-hmm. and we can put our hope into what he says, who he says he is and what he says he has done and will do because we can trust in God. He is never changing, and he is in complete control. He is sovereign. We can trust the sovereign God. Um, a nugget that's so important when you're talking about hope or thinking about where to put your hope in is that hope is really only as good as the object that it is in, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's one thing to put your hope in a person, but you need to recognize that that person is a flawed person and that things may go the way that you want and be fulfilled, but things may not go the way that exactly. you want. But, you could, but if you put your hope in an unflawed, perfect God, then you are assured that what he has said and who he is will come to pass. So that's something that's so important for us during times of chaos, when things seem out of control, to, f- to refocus on a God who is in control. Yeah, and, and that's why that's why hope works, right? That's why hope, we can be beacons of hope. We can be carriers of hope because our hope is in an unchanging God yeah. who's not caught out by these circumstances that we are. Um, I like to think of hope as, as, as this. It's the object that your hope is in, one. So it's, you know, God is with us. And because God is in control, we can take hope and we can take peace that we, we don't, we can't necessarily be in control of, of our, of our everything. Right. But God is in control and that God is with us and that's what gives us hope. So it's, it's kind of like saying, you know, God is with us and this is what God is like. This is how God acts. This is God's nature. This is God's character. And in these things, in these promises of God, we can be confident that God will be like this. God will act like this because of what we see in scripture, which we believe to be true. We can find hope in that. So what we want to do is just kind of walk through some of the things of what our hopes anchored in, why we can be hopeful. So one being that God, the unchanging God, the God who's in control is with you. And Matthew 28, 20 says this, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. This is after, I would say kind of 
not necessarily a situation that we are in per se, but it's in a very it's a situation that's in flux for the disciples. They are um, they've been walking with Jesus for the last three years. Jesus comes to them. He's resurrected and he's about to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And they're I would imagine they're very uneasy. They're very feeling very tense. It's a tense moment of okay, what in the world is going to happen now? Our world has been flipped upside down. Our world is spinning. This is the guy we've been following for three years. God died, and then he rose again, and he's speaking to us, and now he's leaving. So what, what does this mean? And Jesus says this to the disciples. He says, hey, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. He's saying to the disciples, hey, teach them what I've taught you. And remember, he leaves with them with this. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. And to the end of the age is a, is a way of saying to the end of life as you know it, to the end of the world, I am going to be with you. And then also um, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Rome, in Romans 8, 38, 39, he says this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor death, depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we cannot be separated from the love of God. And God is wisdom. We, we, we can't be separated from the presence of God. And in this, we can take hope because indeed God is very much with us. Also, we can think of God as providing for us. So this is a one I I really like that God as a provider. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says, And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. And, and I like that, that God is able to make every grace overflow to you. So let's just sit with that for a second and to think about that. Uh, there's so many needs that we have, and there's so many needs that are probably coming up that we don't even necessarily know about. There may be not, might not even be on our radar, but our hope is anchored to God and what God is like, and our hope is anchored to God being a provider. And Paul says to a group of Christians very much like us, a group of people very much like us, maybe Christians, maybe some listening for, on the fringes, on the outside, wondering what's going on with this uh, church that Paul's writing to, and maybe very similar to situations where, and he says, hey, you guys, God is able, and he can make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. God equips, God gives us what we need to do what God has called us to do, to be beacons of hope in a time like this. Also, there's an, uh, uh, another verse in First Timothy. It's First Timothy six seventeen, 17, um, and this is Paul writing to a young green pastor named Timothy, who's like a son to him. And he says, hey, instruct those who are rich in the present age not to be arrogant or set their hope on the uncertainty of wealth. This is that cultural hope we were talking about. This is putting your hope into, um, into money, into your investments, into your 401k, the uncertainty of wealth. You know, we can, there's plenty of articles going out right now and things that we can read of 401ks just plummeting right now which is a terrifying thought in itself. And this is Paul um, speaking to Timothy and saying, hey, tell the people who, who have money in your congregation, tell the people who are rich in this present age, don't be arrogant and don't set their hope, don't put their hope in or don't place their hope in the uncertainty of wealth. But instead he says, put that on God, put their hope with God who richly provides us with all things to enjoy. So God is very close to us. God is with us and God is providing 
for our needs. Yeah, and then there's another truth that God is watching over you. So we've talked about how God is with you, talked about how God is providing for you, and God is watching over you. I love this psalm. It says, it's Psalm 121, verses 1 through 4. says, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Um, Now, I don't know if you can read the first few verses of that psalm and not start to sing the country song, Shoulders, but I always do. (laughs) Um, But there's just so much comfort in that and truth in that and hope in that. It's knowing that God is watching over you, that God is the maker of heaven and earth, that it is to God who we can lift up our eyes to and who we can recognize as the hope that we need. Another important truth is that God is in control. I don't know if I've sung that song on this podcast before, but there's a great song. I know, but have I sung God is in control? I don't think so. God is in control. Woo! I don't remember the rest, (laughs) but I love that first part. Um, Apparently, it was one of Saddleback's theme songs uh, at one point. So that's just another great truth to remind yourself. And then God wins. So I want to go back through these and... You could even kind of make these be a mantra <laughs> mm. of hope in this time. Yeah, God is with you. God is providing for you. God is watching over you. God is in control. God wins. Amen. God is with you. God is providing for you. God is watching over you. God is in control, and God wins. Uh, friends, we have read the end of the book. The, the story is laid out, so we know that God wins. We know that God is in control. We know that God watches over you. We know that God provides, and we know that God is present, that God is with you. So take that truth and just kind of make it this mantra of hope yeah. during this time. Yeah, and this, this hope, right, this hope can be an empowering hope. So when we say things like God is in control, we're not talking about just being totally passive to situations and circumstances not using wisdom, just being reckless or just, hey, everything is coming to an end anyway, so what does this matter? That's not what we're saying that God is in control. What we mean is that because God is in control, because of that mantra that we just talked about, God is with us. God is providing for you. God is watching over you. God is in control. God wins. Because of this, we had a staff meeting where uh, one of our leaders talked about we can be a non-anxious presence. And I really like the way that's wording, being a non-anxious presence in the world. This is what it looks like to be a carrier of hope. Because you have hope, you don't have to live in a state of frenzied anxiety that's spilling over to your neighbors, to your family, to your community. But you can be a non-anxious presence of hope to your neighbors, to your community, to your family. So here's the doable. Here's what uh, we are asking. Here's what we can do to apply this truth and to live into this hope. Because like anything, um, things have to be practiced. Yeah. Things don't come easy on the first try. So if you're, if you're sitting in your car listening or if you're at home listening, be easy on yourself. Give yourself some grace. If you're saying, you know, I don't, okay, but I still don't feel hopeful at all right now about what's going on. That's Okay. But let's take steps, even if it has to be baby steps, to live into this hope that we have in Jesus, this hope that we have in God. 
So our doable is to call someone, whoever that may be. You can close your eyes. You can think about whoever pops up. Call someone. You can just dial a random number. You can <laughs> robocall someone, <laughs> yeah. But call someone and, and be a non-anxious presence of hope. Call someone, check in on them, ask them how they're doing, offer them the hope that you have and let your hope spill over into their lives instead of the anxiety that can so easily overtake us. So we can be sharers of hope, however, whenever, and to whoever. So, hey, maybe that looks like calling someone. Maybe that looks like knocking on a door of a next door neighbor. Keep your social distance. I was going to say. Use the wisdom that we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Open those lines of communication. Well, it's just using the platforms that you have. So, like, if you have social media, be sharers of hope. Don't yeah. be sharers of fear and anxiety. If, you know, if it's calling people, if it's emailing people, if it's starting... I've heard some people are starting uh, to do pen palling again. Ooh, nice. Kind of Bring stuff. it back. Um, you know, Personal touch. How, however you communicate with people, you know, with the people in your life, even if, it mean, you know, if it's times that you are going out to you know, grocery store or the doctors or whatever is open, be sharers of hope, be light. Go first. In the world. So lead yeah. out in this. Yeah. You can. There you go. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? That's all I got. Let's be beacons of hope. Let's be beacons of light. Let's be the non-anxious presence in our world. Yeah. Um, so, so this was the first of the spiritual antidotes that we want to talk about hope. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, the spiritual antidote of gratitude. Um, so, we will be here with you every Tuesday for the foreseeable futures, <laughs> as long as we don't come into any issues, uh, you know, in saying that we can't. Um, but I, also, we are going to actually, for the next few weeks, we are going to be releasing two episodes a week. Uh, so later this week, we will be releasing uh, the first part of the Easter special that we ran um, last year. Uh, we got a really good response to that. It sounds like you guys really like those audio readings, those dramatic readings of the Easter story. So uh, part one of that will be released a little bit later this week. So you'll get to hear from us twice in a week. Yeah. Friends, we hope that you know how much we love you, that we are praying for you. And we just hope that during this time, no matter how you're feeling, that you can take hold of these spiritual antidotes as truths mm -hmm. and... And just go back to them. Remind yourself of them. And I trust God. Yeah, that's, that's all it. you have to say. All right. Uh, we will talk to you uh, next week. See you soon. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.